Sugar giant Tongat Hewlett has suspended its share trading on the Johannesburg Stock Exchange. Tongat asked that its listing be suspended because of accounting irregularities. Now, the company is currently implementing a turnaround strategy that has resulted in over 5,000 employees receiving retrenchment letters. So for more on this, we join on the line by the Food and Allied Workers Union's national organizer in the sugar industry, Nkosikona Nzama. Thanks so much for speaking to us this afternoon. You're welcome, man. Mr. Nzama, first and foremost, what's your reaction to the suspension of uh, the uh, listing on the JSE by Tonga Hewlett? Well, look, uh, firstly, the Tonga Hewlett does their things, uh, leaving the trade unions aside, and uh, they don't give us anything. What the motive they, what their, their motives of doing such things, we don't know. They don't talk to us. So, in short, I'm saying they have two sets of statements. They have media statements that we only learn from the media, and they've got a little bit on the labor relations statements that they give to us. So, uh, I really don't know what to say, but they leave us in the dark most of the time. So, looking at uh, uh, the delay of the release of financial results, uh, the submitted reports of accounting irregularities by the company, are you surprised by this? Did you as a union have any inkling of what was actually going on? Yeah, we are surprised. I mean, we are surprised as, as, as most of the people. Uh, well, you know, we were, we were busy preparing for the wage negotiations within the entire industry of the, of the sugar and man, sugar, sugar production and refining. Uh, we have a bargaining council, national bargaining council for sugar. So we were preparing for wage negotiations, and uh, then we received a letter saying, "Be advised, you, you, you might, we might be going through retrenchments." We are going through a rough financial patch, and uh, and that was it. Then they said to us, uh, we will consult with you as time goes on and as, as and when required. So the next thing, our members phoned us saying, hey, everyone, what's happening? This company is going ahead with uh, Section 189 consultations, and we don't see our union here. So we approached them, then they started to... I mean, it's as if they didn't know that we exist in, 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 in within their with their payroll. So that's where we started to get involved in these things. Actually, when when I got your call, I was on my way. I'm actually on my way to address some of the employees that are likely to be affected by the refreshment. So, Mr. Nzama, uh, when the former CEO and the former CFO resigned last year, were you given any reasons as to why they were resigning? <laughs> Tongat Unit is playing their cards very closer to their chest. You know, they, they, we were not given any reasons, we were not advised, we learned from the media. Uh, everything we learned from the media. One of the things that we have learned from the media is that the MEC for Economic Development in case that um, Minister Nomusa Dubengube paid them a visit to try and uh, assist where she can or the head department can, uh, they are aware of such a visit. They didn't. They do not say a thing to us. They haven't said a thing even afterwards. You know. So that's how they do their things.
So, they leave us in the dark till the last minute. The new CEO then in February this year announced that the business is faced uh, with a number of challenges and that uh, he needed to implement a turnaround strategy that might result in job losses. Were you consulted about that? No, we never consulted. All that happened is that after that, after that announcement was made, then we received a letter from one of their HR directors telling us that there will be refreshments, uh, but we will be consulted as and when required. What this means is that even though this is a group thing, but Chonga Chilet is decentralizing the, the refreshments. Reason being, the difference between Section 189 of the Act and Section 189, Capital Letter A. Capital Letter A is what Chonga Chilet should have used because they have employed more than 50 employees. That's the cutting line. So they, they, they thought it's going to be easier if they use Section 189 as opposed to 189A. That's what they're trying to do. Uh, but but what, what happened then, we, we stopped them on, on the tracks, not only FAO, FAO as well as other unions involved. So for clarity's sake, have any of your members received retrenchment letters? Well, uh, for now, we know of members that are supposed to be leaving uh, on, the, on the 18th, 18th of, of, of uh, July. Uh, that's the meeting I'm attending now. We're trying to stop that because, I mean, as I said, a number of things have not been followed correctly. Uh, I'm sure you won't have enough time for me to explain what, what are those things. Like if I say there's a difference between Section 189 and 189A, 189A allows for a, 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 the CCMA to appoint a facilitator to facilitate the process. It further allows the employees to go on strike over the retrenchments if they're noted with the procedures that are followed. So that's why they're trying to avoid Section 189A and, 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 and trying to go through the Section 189 process, which is slightly lenient to the employer as opposed to 189A. So, yeah, nobody has gone from, from our members, but... The, 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 the first crew is, is, is expected to leave on the 18th of July. So, final question. As FAU, what is your next uh, cause of action? Firstly, we call upon everybody, not only uh, FAU, the other unions as well. We call on everybody, all the employees, to get together. This is the time to get together despite the differences between unions because the enemy that we're facing is one enemy, and that enemy is job losses for um, for our people. So we need to get together, and we can say boldly that we're not going to take this lying down. It's not our members' fault that the company finds themselves in this situation, but it is the mismanagement or the whatever they did, but it was done by management, not our members. So we're not going to take it lying down. Well, thank you so much for your time. That was Fulud Allied Workers Union, a national organizer in the sugar industry, Nkosikona Nzama. And joining us now uh, for some analysis on this matter is chartered accountant and social commentator Kaya Sitole. Kaya, thanks for your time this afternoon. So is this another Steinhoff? Good afternoon and good afternoon to the listeners. And unfortunately, it sounds like we are building towards something similar to Steinhoff because the real issues here are that the company has now come out and said, look, 
The information we previously provided to the public regarding the status of our account can no longer be relied on, and that's exactly how the Steinhoff conversation started. Now, of course, the big question here is what exactly is it that they've now discovered, and what will that implication be on not just the workers at, um, at, at Tonga, but also the bigger stakeholders that are affected by this disclosure. So it really does sound like another Steinhoff is in the making. And do we know any further reasons as to why uh, they actually suspended the listing on the JSC? So with um, the suspension of the listing, it is really them saying, look, at this stage, because absolutely nobody knows what it is that the status of the company is and no one can vouch for the financial information that is out there, anyone who trades on these shares would simply be gambling on what they think it might be. Now, of course, remember, the basis for people trading on the JSE in, on any, on an any market is on the strength of the information that has been made available to them and that influences their investment decisions. Now, if that information itself cannot be relied on, one would have to ask, if anyone insists on trading on the Tonga chain, what is the basis for their decision-making? So in one respect, it actually makes sense to say no one, no one has got sufficient information to make any particular decision one way or another regarding the shares, so therefore they should not be part of the exchange. It's just that it's an unusual step, particularly for a board of directors to voluntarily ask for a suspension of their listing. It sounds a bit like deja vu here with uh, the Steinhoff story because um, the former chief executive officer and the chief financial officer, they resigned in August last year. And they've been at the helm of this company since 2003. So why would it have taken so long for someone somewhere to see that there were these accounting irregularities and do something about it? It's, it's always quite funny because I was actually chatting to someone yesterday who was at Tonga and they asked me how did I know that something was wrong there. And I actually went back to say to them, I started asking people way back in June last year to say, it just doesn't look like this numbers make sense. We all know that there was a report issued by a particular employee at Investec who actually said that the CEO of Tonga needed to be removed simply because there was just no sense of the numbers. And of course, Investec came out and then attacked its own employee and they apologized to Tonga on the basis of that report. So I think if people actually just look beyond the lines and look in between the lines, there's always this, under, there's always this underlying tension that exists between what people say is the status of their business and the industry at large. And I think what we've seen here is that yet again, when the CEO and the CFO resign at the same time, it's always an indication that something has seriously gone wrong. But unfortunately, what people tend to do is that they tend to then keep the conversation very closeted. So the board of Tonga has not come out and said, what was it that prompted the CEO and the CFO to run ahead of the annual results release? But obviously, anyone who observes the market knows that that's an extraordinary set of circumstances, and you start doubting the company from that point onwards. So if this happened in August last year with the two of them resigning, it's almost a year later. So the writing would have been on the wall at that point. Who should be held accountable for the fact that nothing seems to have been done to address the matter? This must fall squarely within the board of directors of Tongat because, again, there is a misconception out here that boards are accountable to themselves, but boards are actually employed by shareholders, people who don't have access to the daily information flow within the business. So these people then entrust the board of directors to actually be the ones that pick up if something of this nature is about to materialize and then act upon it. So for the board to have then set on the resignation and of the CEO, CEO and the CFO and then to come out a year later to say, well, actually, there is a bigger problem out here. And the question should be asked of the 
board, what did they do when they first saw the first indication of this? When did they see this? And what exactly justified their continued existence as a board of directors? Now, of course, for me, it would be an incomplete story if this board of directors does not resign in full immediately simply because they are fully responsible for the mess that we're finding now. And just a final question on the back of that big Steinhoff scandal, uh, knowing what's happening in our state-owned enterprises, and now you have another JSE-listed company here in uh, Tongart Hewlett. What does this say about us as a nation, as a country, and our auditing firms and uh, the audit outcomes that we put out? The the big issue is that, of course, (laughs) a lot of people keep thinking that we've got a crisis at the public sector level. But unfortunately, the private sector itself has got its own set of skeletons. And what really insulates them is that there's always a limited range of stakeholders who have a direct interest in what a private company does, compared, obviously, to a state-owned entity in which all of us are stakeholders. So the key issue that one always has to revisit is exactly what is the role of the various stakeholders, whether it's being the auditors, the internal auditors, the external auditors, the board of directors, and even the regulators in order to arrest this, because it's now looking like we're just waiting for the next scandal to emanate. And I do think that this requires a conversation, a very difficult and a very hard conversation amongst the various stakeholders to say what exactly has gone wrong. And I suspect that we might not like the answers, but we need to know them. Well, we're going to have to leave it there. Thank you so much for your time this afternoon. Kaya Sitole, a chartered accountant and social commentator.